you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Adam Keller. Welcome, Adam. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to talk with you today. We're going to talk a lot about management as usual, but about team culture, efficiency, and really how to get to know your business. So before we start, Adam, do you want to give the audience a little bit of an idea about who you are and how you ended up where you are right now? All right. So my name is Adam. And right out of college, I started a party rental company because my roommate in college worked for one. So I'd go work with them. And then during the summer, you know, I came back home, got that. And then I started seeing the invoices, you know, over the summertime. And I was like, well, I could do that. And I don't like people telling me what to do. So I knew that an office job or something wasn't going to be my long-term future. So I started that. But I mean, in the meantime, I still had jobs. I was working 40 to 80 hours a week uh, at various jobs, saving up money to buy the next year's equipment that I needed. Because I started with tents and then I needed tables and chairs. So I was working 80 hours a week at gas stations and cleaning hotel rooms. To the point where I get to today. So I graduated in 2002. I'm here today. My roommate was my mentor because he started his own company too, but he knew a lot more than me. And I'm looking at YouTube and wanting to do something. And I see some dude, um, it's a completely different field, but all he does is point a camera at his face and talks. I'm like, okay, I could do that. Um, not getting into all the editing stuff. So I started doing what I know, which is only party rental stuff. So I started that that and teaching people about that. And then it grew into a course. And then I joined TikTok to learn business ideas. But then on TikTok, it was nothing but junky business ideas. And I'm like, listen, I know real people that do real things. And I've tried a lot of things. Let me do real business businesses or side hustles. And then that accidentally took off too. And now I'm here. That sounds perfect. That sounds perfect. Uh, the entrepreneurial journey is a, is a very interesting one. So I've I've definitely been uh, on similar roads myself, ended up starting loads of businesses and still have about six of them. So uh, lots of fun. Lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, the first piece, getting to know your business and, and really know the business you're in. Tell me a bit more about that. Okay, so if I were to ask you, I just told you my, my main business is event rentals, tents, tables, chairs, and stuff. If I were to ask you to say what business I am in, what would you say my business is? I would probably call it an events business. Okay, so that so would a lot of people. But an event is really the product of what we do. What I'm actually, what my business actually is, is a material handling and logistics business. I need to figure out how to get stuff from the warehouse to the truck, truck to the site, install it as quickly as possible, and do the reverse the following week. So if I can focus on buying jackhammers, buying carts, putting everything on wheels, focus on things that are going to make my material handling, logistics, and installation faster, then my business becomes more profitable. So I'm not a party business. I'm more like a moving business. And once I realized that, I was able to buy the expensive equipment. Yes, it is expensive, but there's returns to it. I was talking to a chiropractor and everyone's going to say that his business is being a chiropractor. 
Well, he was getting only 40 customers in a month. He decided to try messing around with Instagram and TikTok, making short videos. Some of them kind of funny, some of them educational, some of them just showing exactly what he does. The whole kind of mix of stuff. And his business went from 40 customers to 400 a month. And he quickly realized that even though the end result of what he does is being a chiropractor, his actual business is customer acquisition. So he himself doubled down on that and grew it from 40 to 400 a month. And this goes for anything. You may think you're in a particular business, but when you really get down to examine it, that's just your end result. You're actually in a different, you day to day, you're doing something different than what your end result is. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And I think particularly the investment point, I think is so crucial, right? Because I think a lot of the time when you're, when you're looking at your business and you're looking at what is the competitive advantage really. And that's, I guess that's what you're saying, right? Like it's really about the competitive advantage and uh, understanding where, where do you stand out and where, where can you differentiate yourself and really again, create profit margin, right? Yeah. yeah everyone's always concerned about the, the top line. Let's get to a million dollars, 5 million, 10 million, but no one's ever talking about on TikTok or YouTube or anywhere, the bottom line. Now, you could have, you know, your business could make a million dollars at a 10% profit margin, and that means you're bringing home $100,000. But if you reorganized everything and only brought in $600,000 at a 30% profit margin, you're now bringing home $180,000 for less work. But still, everyone wants to talk about million, five million, 10 million. Let's talk about efficiency. Let's get to that and increase the profit margins and take home more from what you're already doing. Yep. I love it. I love it. And it's fundamental. So I, I spent a lot of time in the sort of SEO space and all these agencies. And that is the exact challenge I see again and again. Like they're like, yeah, I have a million dollar agency, but you know, I'm trying to pay myself two grand a month or something. Uh, and, and, and that's the exact problem. Right. So that's cool. That's cool. And, and how, how, if, if someone's sitting and they're not sure how to figure out what business they're in, do you have any exercise or any any kind of things to, to help them think about how to get to that result? Yeah, so being on TikTok has taught me that a lot of people have not even thought about business. Like I'll make a video of like a business that I know someone's making a lot of money doing or I'm making a lot of money doing. And the comments will just be like crazy, basic questions or disbelief. Uh, so quickly, I learned that a lot of people have never thought about this business. I've been training myself since 22 to kind of think a certain way, and I didn't even realize it. Um, but most people, it's their first, this is the first time they're thinking of it. So my suggestion is it's not a motivation thing. It's not a get up and go thing. It's a, you got to start training your brain. So you're going to stop watching TV. You're going to stop playing video games. If you're going to be watching YouTube or TikTok, you're going to be watching something to learn something. You're going to be watching. If you want to own a business, start watching those people, even if it has nothing to do with what you're going to do. Watch the painter business on YouTube. Watch the pressure washing business on YouTube. It may not be what you're going to do, but you're going to just absorb things and you're going to start training your brain. When you go into a restaurant, look around, see how they make money in various ways. When you have a service come to your house, see how they operate. You don't have to talk to them, but you can just start to like hypothesize how they're making money and what they're doing right. So you now start training your brain. You are just automatically going to be taking steps 
in your life, you're going to see opportunities and just be automatically going towards business things. Um, I know there's a lot of self-help books and a lot of speakers who are all about motivation. And I find a bunch of that to be junk. Um, it's not about motivation. It's about actually retraining your brain just to see opportunities and see how other people in the world are making money. And then you'll just naturally start to do that without even trying. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think particularly when you're when you're new into business, like so many people, it's like, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't know any ideas and so on, right? And when you've been in an entrepreneurial space for a relatively short time, you have a you have a great new idea a day, right? So I think yeah. that's that, that's uh, yeah, that's a big point, right? Um, but yeah, I, I love it, like particularly restaurants and so on. What just when I'm sitting watching, I'm like, I know they make their money on soft drinks. And sometimes, like particularly, I spend a lot of time in Asia. Sometimes you'll see restaurants that don't actually serve you the soft drinks until you're done eating, and you, you just sitting like they, they don't realize how they make their money because they're not focused, right? They they don't have a good understanding of where to profit, or, or at least the people who are doing the service don't understand how they make money. Right? Exactly. And then if you're ever at like a failing restaurant, like it's not that good, and you look, you open up their menu, and it's 10, page, 10 pages long with so many things, you're like, all right, all right, you need to cut this. I'm, I've never owned a restaurant, but I know, and I, you got to get this down to 20 items maybe, and this needs to be shared with this. You know, these ingredients need to be, this needs to be more simple. You, just because you have a passion for food does not mean you should have 500 items. Yeah. And, and even a bigger thing is, you know, when you go into a restaurant with 500 items and then half of them are out of stock. So you're putting an expectation to a customer and you're not delivering because they can't actually get the thing you made them excited about. So exactly. hundred percent, hundred percent. Excellent. Excellent. Adam, let's talk a little bit about efficiency. How, yeah. how do you become more efficient? So obviously in every business, that's going to be completely different, you know, in an online business, it's going to be software that you use and systems you put in place in my business. That's what I'm, you know, that, I've kind of become the de facto professional in uh, the party rental industry. Everyone comes to me. So like I said, I'm material handling basically day in and day out. So number one is having a warehouse with loading docks so that you don't have to lift stuff and up into the truck. You just put everything on wheels and go in and out. Number two is putting everything on wheels. Um, number three is having a box truck with a lift gate because now you got to get those things that are on wheels down to the ground and then wheel them to where they need to go. Uh, number four is like the installation stuff. We, you know, we got those really, really big stakes. We used to hammer those in uh, by hand. It took an hour, three dudes an hour. So I bought a $4,500 jackhammer. Now that takes one dude 15 minutes. Average pay of each guy with social, social security and all this stuff added in is $25 an hour. Now I'm saying $75 an hour. You do the math on that. That's not that many days to pay off that jackhammer. Um, the big hurdle for everyone is sometimes these are things are expensive a, a software for your business might be two hundred dollars a month if, if you got a subscription plan but and and a jackhammer is forty five hundred dollars you know there's there's one machine i really want at sixty thousand dollars it would make my business go a lot faster but actually i'm not at that particular level that's for like massive places but like if i was there i would buy it but a lot of people are afraid of it and they'd rather you know buy more equipment buy another van. I don't know, like invest the money into things that they see generating revenue, but these other things, they not necessarily generating revenue, but they're creating profit and everyone's scared to buy them because 
they just don't see the connection. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I think, I mean, all business go through that. And I think there's, there's two key things. One of them is to understand when it makes sense, right? So particularly in the online business space, I see a lot of people who are trying to invest in automation and automate everything very early on before they've actually nailed down the process, before they actually know what they're doing. So they spend so much time and resource trying to automate something only to realize that, oh, that was not the kind of way we should be doing it or whatever, right? So so definitely nail down the process and really understand where does it make sense to invest, right? And then like, I, I love doing it. I love putting ROI on it, right? So sometimes it, it might be an expensive software, but if it replace a human, you know, it can be very expensive and still make it still 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 be very profitable right and um, right. whereas if you're looking at it from sort of automation or anything like that you know you need to look at well you know is it going to take me three months six months nine months 12 months to make up the money but also you know a lot of time when there's humans doing things that the chance of error the chance of mistakes is higher Whereas if it's automated, if it's actually, you know, simple copy paste stuff or whatever, if it's automated, the likelihood of mistakes is generally significantly less, right? So you both have the saving from a time perspective. You also have the saving from a manpower perspective and you have the saving that everyone overlooks, which is you don't have to manage as many people because if you're managing people like, yeah, you can manage one more person without it being a big thing, but it still takes away time and focus and effort that could be used elsewhere. So right. That's definitely what I see a lot. So, but yeah, I, lo I love the way you think about the the business side. I think that makes a makes a lot of sense. What what um like when you're talking with people and and sort of sharing ideas and so on, what are the things that you find is probably surprising people the most or helping people the most in this area? Um, the most surprising is I kind of touched on it is a lot of people just don't know anything. They don't even know what to ask. And when they do ask questions, they ask a very basic question. Whereas if you're talking to someone who already has had several businesses, they skip the basic questions. And one basic question is, you know, I make videos day in, day out of business ideas that people are making money doing real ones. And 100% of the time, someone says, what about insurance? And it just blows my mind. I'm like, yeah, what about insurance? Why are you even asking that? Like, yes, it's a business. You need insurance. Let's skip past that question and ask me something more meaningful about this business. It's too basic. You have a business, you have insurance. <laughs> so that's the surprising bit is just that, you know, you're insulated in your own world and the people you're around and they, you all think a certain way. Uh, and then you realize that, wow, no one, not a large majority of people have no idea that anything about business and this is their first time even thinking about it yeah and and, and this is the big thing because reality is people's like oh it's so hard to start a business it's so and i'm like if if you put in the time and the effort to learn like yes there's many businesses out there but there's so many businesses who are very successful without being particularly great at anything but actually just taking action, doing things, learning things as they go, right? Like you, it, you generally don't need to be a rocket science to be successful, in my experience, at least. No. So in the party rental business, for sure, the only people who fail are the people who don't do anything, like even just tiny steps. Uh, pretty much anyone who buys some tables and chairs and gets their name out there in some way is going to at least make their money back. And then if you keep going with it, you, you know, you make a lot of money, but it's really hard to fail 
in a lot of service-based businesses. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we I have a big outsourcing company as example. And one of the key things is we always build customers up front. So no matter how bad it goes, like you pretty much can't lose money. Right. So it's just a question of again, how much money are you making? And then you need to then look and see like, okay, we have a business, it's making money. How can we reinvest? What are the smartest things to invest in that gives us a re- good return? Right. Right. And then it's yeah, about printing the money. Excellent. Excellent. What about team culture? Okay. So I'm a part of a rental company. It's all dudes. So, you know, there's a lot of dude kind of businesses. There could be a road crew, could be construction. Um, I did work in an office one time. And let me tell you, I did not like that company culture. Cubicles and middle-aged women blabbing back and forth and gossip and whatever. So my company culture is someone said it's dude culture. Um, my management style is we're just a bunch of dudes. I make fun of you. I make fun of your mother. I make fun of your brothers. You make fun of me. We're in the truck a lot. Cause you know, if we got 10 jobs, you know, you're in the truck a lot. So we have crazy conversations, conversations that can never be repeated. You know, just think dudes saying dirty stuff. Um, and you know, I take, if we're out, I'll pay for lunch and whatever. So, Everyone who's ever worked for me has said it's been their favorite job ever, not because of the work, because it's hard work. You know, we're working in the heat, downpour, sometimes the snow in the winter, like it sucks and everything's kind of heavy, but it's the having fun where, you know, we're getting stuff done. I do yell at them. Like if they're trying to talk to me and not moving, I'm like, I can hear you even when you're moving. So, you know, they get, they get that down and then we just mess around and have fun. And I think that's the most important part. If I, if I if I wasn't having fun in this business, I would not do it because there's nothing like amazing about tents. It's it's the being outside, it's seeing new cool places, and it's like getting a really mess around with your employees who kind of become your friends too. So that's my management style is laid back. These are your expectations though, but you know it's okay for you to make fun of my mom. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's key thing expectations right so a lot of the time it's not about being good or bad or mean or evil or too kind or too good or whatever but it's if you want to actually set expectations and say this is what is needed this is what i need you to deliver then definitely it becomes easier to be the employee yeah now if we if we had a girl that came in you know we would tone it down, but we'd still, we did have a girl come in one time and she was even worse than the guys, but we, you know, we're still cool. Like nothing, nothing bad, but yeah, um, yeah that's the kind of co- company manage, management style I got is laid back, but these are the things you got to do. And as long as we get these done every day, then, then we're good. Any, any sort of do's and don't lessons you've learned from that? Because I mean, I guess sometimes maybe things go a bit too far or that never happened. No, it never has happened for, you know, fortunately, like, you know, you, you read people yeah. um, and uh, you know, you make a joke about their sister one time and they're like, no, not my sister. And you're yeah. like, okay, and yeah. is, is your mom fine? And yeah. like, you can make fun of my mom. Cool. Yeah. You're not allowed to make fun of my cats. Like, that's a big, like, don't make fun of my cats. <laughs> they got, they got that. They don't, they don't do that. Right. Right. Yeah. I, 
it's interesting. I mean, I, I actually had a huge learning experience personally when I was younger because I'm, I'm from Denmark originally and uh, I, I was working in Ireland at the time. And uh, basically, I had my boss come to me and say, uh, do you know you offend a lot of people? And I was like, I what? And she's like, yeah, you there's people occasionally get offended when you're trying to joke with them. I can see you're trying to joke, but they end up getting really hurt. And I was like, that was absolutely not in any way, shape, or form my my intention, right? Uh, and I was like, no, no, that can't be. And I'm sure people know I'm joking and so on. And uh, it was funny because I, I ended up sort of in the back of my mind just kind of dismissing it. But what happened was because she mentioned it, I started sort of subconsciously looking at people when I was joking with them. And once in a while, exactly as you said, I realized, oh, you know, this person, I made this joke or I said this ironic sarcastic thing and i'll just look at the expression and how they reacted and i'm like oh she did not take that well or he did not take that well and uh, yeah is it because there's a difference in humor or are you on the spectrum i no i i, th- I think it's probably a difference in humor uh, and i think it's probably culturally like so in in denmark i mean I, I tend to say in denmark we don't have humor we just have irony and sarcasm um okay. and i i think the big difference was that um and it's just the, the way we used to joke around and actually similar to what you say right like you know you say all sort of shit and, and generally in Denmark like the the more you screw around with someone and the more you're, you're teasing someone like the better friends you are kind of thing right yeah exactly whereas whereas at least in Ireland my experience I mean I work with many different cultural very different people and so on and sometimes also if English wasn't in the first language of a person and I was talking to them in English, you know, sometimes uh, irony or something can get misunderstood, right? Um, so, but I, d- I definitely learned a lot from that experience because I was like, yeah, you need to learn to observe people and just see how they... Yeah, how they you got to be... I can't be me in a different situation. Like, yeah. so, oh, I can be me, just a different version of me. I can't I can't be the on the road crew me. Yeah, I can't yeah. be stupid and apply that everywhere. So, but yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I, uh, I I love the lessons. Any particular resources? I mean, you said you've been educating yourself for for a really long time. So, any particular resources that you find really helpful to learn how to be a better business owner and so on? Oh, I hate this question because it sounds facetious. I don't like reading books on business. I, I hate it because um, I'm already doing well. Uh, and I don't want to read a boring book about it. Literally, I, I I try to read a book and I'm like, this could have been said in five pages. Why'd you make this 200 pages? Um, yeah. I prefer watching a YouTube video or TikTok or, um, I, you know, it's more prevalent now paying someone to teach you. Also, Facebook groups. I, I join Facebook groups to learn about those particular businesses. You know, if you want to be a painter, there's like five business Facebook groups for the business of painting. Um, so that's how I do it. I cannot stand learning it in a book. I tried, I tried reading this book about how to promote my online course. Literally when I'm done with it, I'm like, that could have, that could have been three pages that could have boiled down to three, well, you know, just a whole bunch of bullet points instead of filling it with all this like anecdotal stuff. I, I just can't do it. Well, you you've probably never seen a, a four book page, so they probably need to fill it up somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I and I think a, a big point is that people learn differently, right? So it's not 
not only if you if books um, some books at least are not necessarily organized the best and so on but i think it's also very important to understand how you actually learn the best right because i think there's definitely i mean i i don't have a problem reading and i've definitely read lots of books in my life but i definitely see people who sort of get clued on and, and when i'm trying to when i'm looking at my staff and working with my staff and helping them improve i see some that you know they're just when i see a video it just clicks for them but when they're sitting reading something for example it it just doesn't it just doesn't click so yeah people people different learn and differently learn in, in many different ways so oh it'll click for me when i'm reading it it's just yeah. boring as hell and mm -hmm. a waste of my time yeah makes sense makes sense um any any particular people you follow or any particular people you recommend following or anything yeah follow me no um I'll, also with that i don't follow people about like gary v and grant cardone i can't stand them i'm sorry yep um the people that i watch are more real world people so like i watch this guy called freedom hustler who does real estate and rv rentals mm -hmm. um i watch a few guys on youtube but they're like no names i don't even know yep. their names i just know their face yep um those the big guys i just uh same thing and they're, at some point they're saying a lot point. of nothing that the people who are really good at marketing are usually big because they're really good at marketing. Uh, yeah. Not, and not when you really when you boil them down too, they're, they're saying a lot of nothing every time. Yeah. It's often similar message repeated a lot of times. Yeah. I would say. Right. So, so some of the things might be really good, but if you've heard the same thing phrase seven times, then yeah. Exactly. So I get more value out of the uh, smaller people that aren't famous. And really, I, I want to reiterate this to anyone who's listening, Facebook groups on anything. Like you could say any business and there's at least one Facebook group for it. And everyone in there is in that group because they don't mind teaching people. They're not in there to make fun of you or anything. They joined it to learn and share knowledge. Any business that's like one you, if you join one of those groups you can save years on mistakes by learning through there to begin with or you can even save starting that business maybe you're like oh i don't really want to do this based yeah. on what i learned in here yeah and also love paying people i think that's obviously that's you generally want a, a bit more successful business before you start doing that but yeah just a shortcut of being able to pay people either to do things for you or teach you or teach your team how to do things, right? Yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, and again, that's the value. When you first have a successful business and you have resources, then life becomes a lot easier because then you can afford to invest. You can afford to, uh, again, make these bigger purchases that really makes a huge difference for you. Right. So, excellent. Adam, if people are eager to get hold of you and follow you or connect with you, what's the best way to do so? So if you want to learn how to start a party rental business, I have a YouTube channel with like 1500 videos. It's called the tent guy. Just type in YouTube, the tent guy, and you can learn pretty much all of it, but it's 1500 videos. So I, I get so many messages. I narrowed it down to like pe people who really, really, really want to learn. I have a course at startupartyrentalcompany.com. It's a 30 hour course. I was afraid of making courses because I know a lot of courses are junk, but I like made this above and beyond. A lot of people told me, a lot of courses are not 30 hours long. So there's that. And then on my TikTok page is where I just share business ideas that I know and people that I know do. And that is real world side hustles on TikTok. Nice. 
Love it. Love it. Thank you very much for sharing all your wisdom and experience with us today, Alan. It was great to have you on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And to the audience, we'll be back again next week. Thank you for hanging on all the way to the end. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.